In the Middle Ages, soldiers heading off to the Crusades would often carry a large chunk of mouldy cheese with them. If wounded in battle, they'd suspend it from a tree branch and sit directly beneath it, believing it had magical powers. It was 900 years later that Alexander Fleming discovered they were right to sit under that cheese. But there was no magic. It was the spores of penicillin falling on them. Native American Indians for centuries have chewed or boiled willow tree bark as a remedy for fevers and headaches. In 1899, big farmer Bayer found a way to turn it into capsules and named it aspirin. Few doctors will deny that medicine is a very inexact science, with so many of the modern drugs we're prescribed or buy off the shelf having their roots in nature. I've long been fascinated by medicine of all kinds, conventional Western, Eastern, complementary and alternative. Having featured many medics in my books and spent time with them, I've realised just how much the quality of doctors varies and of surgeons, and just how much the power and commercial vested interests of Big Pharma will often ride roughshod over cheaper and sometimes far more effective alternatives. While I was researching for an earlier medical thriller, Alchemist, a former police surgeon told me that after qualifying as a doctor, he had joined one of the larger pharmaceutical companies. On his first day, the CEO invited him into his office and said, Stephen, there is something I need you to know about my company. I'm interested in profit and nothing else. If our products happen to help a few people along the way, that's not my concern. In 1973, when Stanley Adams, an executive at Swiss pharmaceutical giant Hoffman La Roche, blew the whistle on them for price-fixing vitamins, they responded brutally. He was charged with industrial espionage and faced a 20-year prison sentence. His wife was so badly distressed, she committed suicide. It's not just pharmaceutical companies who can be high-handed. Some surgeons can be, too. Key to the plot of this novel... I needed to find a really arrogant surgeon as my model, someone who would be very controlling of his wife. A friend in the medical world told me that in his view, the most consistently arrogant of all medics were plastic surgeons. This chimed with a documentary I'd seen a short while before, in which a Los Angeles plastic surgeon was interviewed with his platinum-blonde wife. He had performed over a dozen different operations on her over the years, on just about every part of her body. And she seemed to be perfectly happy about it, explaining, It's wonderful. He'll never leave me. Because every time he gets bored with how I look, he just changes me. I was given an introduction to the perfect role model for my purposes, a highly successful Harley Street plastic surgeon who commuted in his own helicopter when he wasn't being chauffeured in his Bentley. I asked him if I could talk to his wife at some point, as the story in Faith is told principally through the eyes of the wife of a plastic surgeon, and I wanted her take on him. He told me his wife wasn't typical, as she was also a doctor, but he would ask around among his colleagues, and he came back to me to say he'd found someone ideal. A week later, as I approached a restaurant in Brighton for my lunch date with the wife of a top plastic surgeon, little did I know I was about to have one of the most socially awkward moments I can recall. As I walked in, 
I was told my guests had already arrived, and I was led to a table in a far corner of the room. There, to my astonishment, was, with the best will in the world, a lady in her late forties who might have been blessed with all kinds of great gifts, but good looks was definitely not among them. Masking my surprise, I greeted her warmly, sat down and ordered drinks, and we began talking. She asked me what exactly it was I needed to know. I told her my central character, Faith Ransom, is the wife of an eminent plastic surgeon, so what I needed to know from her was what being the wife of someone like him entailed. For instance, I'd been told he regularly spoke at conferences around the world. Do you go with him when he travels? I asked, and I was floored by her response. Oh no, she said, I'm far too ugly. I'd be a terrible advert for him. <laughs>